We are here with Dr. J.R. Rizzo. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here with you. Um, so why Likewise. don't we start by learning about you, um, sure. a little bit about you, your background, your certainly your mission. So I'm a physician scientist at NYU Langone Health, uh, and I work in a couple of departments, uh, but primarily within rehabilitation medicine and neurology, and also a bit within the engineering uh, disciplines as well. Uh, and I focus mostly on the science side um, and really uh, surrounding uh, all things disability. Tell us about the work that um, that you're doing here. Certainly. So we have a, a pretty large research portfolio, um, but what we're um, speaking about at this conference and what we're very excited, excited about is our research in visual motor integration with an acquired brain injury. Uh, so our lab was um, uh, the first to characterize an actual breakdown in a link between the eye and the hand in what we would call eye-hand incoordination for those with different forms of brain injury. And we started off by studying this in those who've suffered from a stroke, unfortunately. Mm. So when we actually um, put action together, and many times it's uh, visually guided. So we kind of look and reach for something. We look and grasp for something. If I'm grabbing an orange or I'm grabbing a pen, right, to write something down or jot a note down. And what typically happens is I make a fast eye movement first. That's called a saccade. And then I follow that by the hand movement. Now, what's very interesting is there's an intimate coupling between the eye and the hand. So that eye has to land just at the right time in order to upload information from my eye to the brain, and that's foundational for my actual reach. Now, what we've actually done is we take some high-speed camera technology, we record both the eye movements in fine detail and the hand movements in fine detail, and we actually uncovered that there's a breakdown in that link between the eye and the hand. So well, actually, That's something you could probably only start to measure now because of new technology and new cameras Correct. and new sensors. Correct. And yes. A lot of this would, would, would be what we would call subclinical. So it's very difficult to see macroscopically. And it's, 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 it's great that you bring that up. You know, most people don't understand this, but we take eye movements for granted. Every one sec second on average, we make three or four eye movements. So every minute, if we extrapolate that out, that's 180 per minute. So every hour, that's about 11,000 per hour, and every day, that's about 260,000 eye movements per day. So we're making upwards of 300,000 eye movements per day. That's a lot of physiology. So I think it behooves us as scientists to really understand what those eye movements mean to all things action. And you know, this is so important for things like sports and sports science, but when we refer to it within the, path, you know, within the pathologic setting, we really don't fully understand what this means. And visual motor integration, as I said, is so important for so many natural tasks, whether or not I'm actually cooking and I'm chopping vegetables or I'm reading ingredients on a recipe list and I'm going back and forth between my cutting board and the microwave or my cutting board and the sink, et cetera, eye movement, hand movement, eye movement, eye movement, eye movement, hand movement, made my daughters talking to me, multiple eye movements back to more eye movements, right? But how are all these eye movements planned and where are they spatially targeted and at what time is that information uploaded to the brain to maximally utilize, to utilize that information for my hand? Because I'm refining all of those hand goals. Mm. It's very interesting. So a lot of this has been studied in basic science within normal control physiology, but we don't really understand a lot of what happens actually within stroke. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're very interested in in, in in our laboratory. And what is the opportunity in terms of uh, leveraging this knowledge and insight and, and these new tools to help with rehabilitation, sure. to help uh, people who may have had a stroke and, sure. and really improve their their lives. Great question. So it, it's hard to really conceptualize this, but I would say it's look, something along the lines of active vision therapy. And 
I don't really want to focus too much on that because, you know, things like vision therapy have been done before, but I really want to think about how we actually integrate and what we're doing with some of our actual fantastic therapists um, with boots on the ground work, but how we actually integrate some of these eye movements and intersperse them or, or interleave them with hand movements. So imagine, you know, you go into a gym and in a lot of classical settings, you might go in and have physical therapy or occupational therapy. And oftentimes I'm going to focus on the hand movements or the limb movements or the, of the lower extremity or upper extremity. But what if we actually interspersed strategically the eye movement so we really understood what was happening? And perhaps we were able to characterize that. With new modern technology, we may be able to do that. Now, that's big data. I just told you 300 eye movements per, you know, per day. It's a lot of physiology. But what if we were very strategic about it and we actually looked about how we integrate this active vision into these rehabilitation programs? Mm -hmm. Hasn't been explored yet, despite the fact that we're in 2018. So that's what we're very interested in doing to try and create new rehabilitation platforms that are tailored. Now, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse here. The first step is to really understand mechanism. And we think we can really leverage things like stroke circuitry um, and unfortunately what people have suffered from with strokes to understand what's actually happening with the brain because there's still certain aspects of the brain that are a black box. Visual motor integration is still probably most most aspects of the brain. Most aspects. We understand some things, but many aspects are still black boxes. But visual motor integration is to an extent the black box. We understand some things and there's been some great work, but it's still very cryptic to us. So then can we understand mechanism and then can we help inform more tailored regimens to help maximize recovery and improve outcome? Walk us into the future and um, where you see things going and maybe from the perspective of those in need or patients or people's families who would really care about these types of enhancements and improvements. We see all this on virtual reality and we see companies like Facebook and Google positioning themselves with new virtual reality based headsets. Now, it looks like people are going to put eye trackers and there's going to be gaze modulation, modulation for virtual reality. So, that's where we think the field is going. Now, what's going to happen? Eye trackers are going to become commoditized. So that means they're going to become very cheap and economically, um, essentially inexpensive for us to put into everything. And where that becomes very exciting is that where we've never been able to do this before, we're going to be able to take research-grade equipment, what we have in the lab, and deploy it across the entire care spectrum. And so maybe even into real life, your, your windshield of your car, absolutely. your screen on your phone, your a, mirror at, in your bathroom. Absolutely. And people are using this in the advertising industry to learn all kinds of very interesting things, but there's also incredible things we can learn for about just how physiology works and how things unfold, not just on the sports side, but how we can actually optimize performance for those who have unfortunately suffered from some type of brain injury. And this becomes really important because we don't want people to plateau and, 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 you know, lead lives that are filled with disability. We want them to blast through those plateaus and to maximize their recovery trajectories. And we have some preliminary data that's very robust that shows that some, even in chronic stroke settings, we can actually start to, you know, knock those plateaus up a little bit and, you know, below those previously lids off those plateaus by perhaps some new regimens where we really think about these active gaze modulation about how we actually tailor the eye movements with the limb movements and go back and forth and be more strategic about how we put the rehabilitation back together. So we're still at the mechanism stage and this is still very early, but we have some some very early findings that are very encouraging. Wonderful, wonderful. So where can people go more to learn more about the work you're doing? Sure. And 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they can go online. The, um, our lab's online. You know, you can go to um, John Ross Rizzo uh, at NYU Langone Health, and you can look us up, um, and you can come contact us. Uh, all of our information is on our landing page, uh, and you can come visit us at the lab. We'd be more than happy to um, come host you for a tour. Um, and, um, you know, whether or not you're interested in enrolling as a control participant and, and having some fun with some eye-hand coordination experiments, um, or, you know, you want to uh, see what happens in, in, in some of our some of our new rigs, uh, we'd be more than happy to um, to host you. Wonderful. Welcome anytime. Yeah. Well, thank you for the great work yeah. you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.